thanks for joining me on this edition of Tell Me Something Good About Retail. I'm Bob Fibbs, your host. I'm known as the Retail Doctor. You can find out more about me by going to retaildoc.com. That's R-E-T-A-I-L-D-O-C.com, where you'll find I am one of the world's authorities on brick and mortar retailing. Also there, you'll find my popular blog, my resources on my video library, as well as other editions of the podcast. Let's get to our guest. We're almost through the second season of Tell Me Something Good About Retail, and in my final interview, I'll be talking to Martin Lindstrom, but today I'm interviewing Luke Kingsnorth, CEO of Charles Turwitt, on building a family business into a global omni-channel retailer. Let's listen in. Welcome, Luke Kingsnorth, CEO of Charles Turwitt. So who are you and what do you have to do with retail? We are a British-based um, menswear business um, specializing in workwear, formal wear, suits, shirts, ties, uh, and the business casual uh, arena as well. Now, you're a multi-channel retailer, right? You started in London, but you, I think you have a few stores here in the States too, correct? Yep, yep. We're multi-channel, multi-national. So we, we, offer, we started in London in 1986, and we operate stores in uh, the UK. Um, we have 13 stores in the US. Uh, we have one store in Paris, in France. Um, but most of our business is direct um, through our website. Right. Now, you started as a, uh, or your brand started as a, a catalog, didn't it, uh, order primarily? It, it did, yes. Yeah, we started before the internet existed. Um, uh, yep, so we started as a catalog business. Um, and then uh, we launched our website in 1998 um so we were kind of early into that area um and, and we had shops from the mid 90s as well what are some of the challenges with being a multi-channel retailer um well i think the challenges i mean we were lucky we were lucky in the <laughs> sense that we um you know we were we came from a catalog background so things like customer databases and single customer view um and those sorts of things that obviously uh talked about a lot these days came natural to us we were used to understanding our customers and knowing what they bought what they liked and and how to talk to them so as um you know whereas if we'd come from a traditional bricks and mortar um background where you weren't used to collecting customer data and you weren't exactly sure who was walking through the door what they were buying and when they were buying it um it was a little bit more of a challenge so i think we were fortunate in the sense that we came from a, a sort of customer-led mm. um uh, area uh, and that meant that when multi-channel became more of a thing, um, we were better equipped. You know, uh, data collection in our stores came a second nature to us, whereas a lot harder. We had the database system and the CRM systems behind the scenes already set up because yeah. that's what we use as a catalog business. So I think, it, you know, we, we, were, we were lucky in that sense and we capitalized on that uh, and made the most of it. Uh, and I think the, you know, the opportunities that, multi-channel uh, activity presents are great if you can capitalize on them. Well, that's it. And to your point, that single view of a customer, I think, is so crucial because you may not think too much of a guy who walks in 
and buys, I don't know, a tie one day, right? But if you realize that, oh my gosh, this guy buys 12 shirts from us every quarter uh, at one of our uh, other locations, you have a different appreciation for that one item he buys, correct? Exactly, exactly. I mean, that might be his first purchase in a retail store and he's traditionally been an online customer, which then, you know, leads into a different way. Whereas if you'd only seen that purchase, it's just a tie purchase, not quite as significant. Yeah. Now, how did you start out? Were you always in retail or? I, I wasn't. No, my, my background was actually e-commerce. So I started um, I started working in the e-commerce arena, actually in financial services back in 1998. And I went through various industries um, uh, and, and really sort of moved with who was investing in in this new thing called the Internet at the time. So I went from financial services to recruitment, to broadcasting, to wow. travel, um, and that up until 2007. And 2007 was my first retail experience, and I worked for a company called John Lewis, which is a big UK oh, department sure. store. Yeah. Was, I was in the e-commerce team, um, so we were uh, looking after the website, online marketing, uh, and trying to figure out how a uh, a many skew business as a department store is gets all of those online and manages to maintain lots and lots of products um, yeah, online and deliver them to customers in a, in a timely manner. Yeah, I think that's the challenge. Um, you know, certainly with you, you're more of a boutique, so you have a very um, curated collection. It's certainly yes. got to be much easier in some ways to know what uh, you're dealing with, but also you're also dealing with guys. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that, that didn't come off as well but we both know what i mean i mean it's yeah. not like we're suddenly gonna say oh i'm not gonna wear a traditional uh french blue uh business shirt anymore right i mean you have a lot of staples that that can be updated here and there but um it's a it's a fairly uh stable fashion business is that correct it is um yep yeah, yeah and i think it, it is more stable but guys are getting increasingly adventurous uh, and then in turn complex with their buying patterns. Yeah, no, I think we're hearing that also in um, in simple things too, how men are now being more open to wearing makeup, that uh, younger guys don't want bar soap, they want shower gels, um, things that traditionally um, we might have said, oh, we know what the male customer is, is kind of uh, morphing. And in a lot of ways, that probably gives you a little bit more freedom to operate. It does. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the way men dress, I mean, we, we, we predominantly look at um, what men are wearing Monday to Friday in their work environment. And that's gone from a navy blue suit and white shirt and black shoes for, for pretty much every um, guy out there to now a much broader range of products. And although formal in its you know look, it's still usually a pair of pants, uh, shirt and jacket. You know, the, the, the variants of that have become much greater. Um, and that's, you know, presents opportunity and challenges. Now, do you have any customer stories you can share with us? Well, we have. I mean, we are we are in the lucky position that, as you say, we've got um, uh, lots of um, men shopping with us uh, and in quite important times in their life as well. We have, mm. um, you know, we're selling suits and formal wear and and things like that. We we've. Um, catered to lots of wedding days and uh, and uh, events like that we we had one customer who 
um, had ordered a suit, shirt, tie office for his wedding um, and then had got to his wedding venue some many miles away from our store and realised that he'd left his shirt at home. So the groom is uh, getting ready to, you know, for the biggest day of his life at the time with no shirt. So we had a very panicked phone call to our store um, and one of our store staff hopped into a taxi and, and drove the hour or so to the wedding venue oh to goodness. hand deliver the groom's shirt, which um, I think we definitely secured a customer for life through that yes. service. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and, that, and that's uh, what's nice about that is no one else knew about it. It's just a, something that only the retail would have known that, the, you know, the, everybody saw the groom went and he got married and he looked great. That's all that they really wanted to to know right is there a difference between um how you manage your employees now let's say compared to 10 years ago yeah i mean i think on, on that side i mean the one obvious change we've noticed is we've um you know we're four or five times bigger business than we were uh, 10 years ago so we've had some pretty rapid expansion um over the last you know, nine to ten years um and that means that we are you know, uh, we're a lot bigger and we we went from a small business where everyone was, you know, knew each other quite well to mm. a business that employs, you know, over 1,200 uh, people, um, you know, across the globe. So I think that was probably the biggest change for us. You know, the more, um, I guess, micro changes in, in staff, I think the the work environment has changed as the work uniform has changed. It's a more relaxed environment. People want to work for businesses with a purpose that they can understand and get behind and it it's not such a transactional relationship you know and that which is great you know people we we benefit we have a we have a very visible founder in our business and that Uh gives a more family atmosphere and we have a clear purpose that we can unite behind and so i think that plays to you know in our favor that people do want to come work for us partly because we're a growing business in a difficult industry but secondly we do have a clear purpose and the, you know, the internal field of the business, people are very important to us. Um, and we, we consider ourselves as a, as a family business and, yeah. and, we, and we treat people accordingly. Well, it's funny because I always think of your brand as like a couple hundred years old. I don't know if it's a <laughs> British thing with Americans or what, or the Downton Abbey effect. I'm not sure what it is, but I always think of it as like, oh, these guys have been around forever. And it really isn't that old of a, of a, of a brand, right? Um, What's been your biggest challenge in the last three years, you think, and how you might have overcome it? I think the biggest challenge, I mean, yeah, you, you mentioned that. I mean, we, we are a 33-year-old business, and, and, and I think the challenge of that is you, we were a disruptor in our industry um, when, we, when we launched and we took what was a, uh, an area full of 200-year-old businesses and says we think we can do it differently. I mean, it's a much more... A trendy thing to be a disruptor these days um back back 33 years ago what was quite a dusty london street um you hadn't seen any real new entrance into it for a long time and we came in and and looked at things a little bit differently and and, and wanted to democratize this um, formal shirt market and give customers a, a high quality product at a much more accessible price so i think that was how we started. What's been difficult for us in the last three years is we are now 33 years old and there's a lot more people work here. So keeping that entrepreneurial spirit and verve alive as you grow bigger and bigger 
is a challenge and, it, and it's really important that you know um, we keep that it's an entrepreneurial business it was founded by an entrepreneur and we need to keep that spirit and, and managing that and the speed of change that we want to we want to foster in the business is something we're we're constantly sort of mindful of well and i think you're um you know also in some ways you were pretty small i mean most retail didn't wake up that men even bought much uh up until i think easily the last five to seven years that now you have all these new players coming in whether it's uh suit supply or indochino or some of these other ones that are all trying to go after this man at a time when a lot of men's uh office uh you know suits and everything have have changed as well so um it's two sides you got more competition and the customer is um, you know, issuing the the suit and the tie. Um, do you think that's, is that where we're going? Or do you think that we're going to come back to, to, to suits? Or is that kind of more of a younger guy thing now where they're much more trim and fitted and they, they wear them in a different way than they're not required, they choose to? Or what can you tell us about men's fashions in 2019? I think men's fashion in 20, I mean, you, you sort of touched on the point there, actually. I, I think historically men were pretty poorly served through choice. Um, uh, and now they, there is an abundance of choice. Uh, and I think, you know, what we've seen with that is that menswear, you know, has gone through a cycle probably in the last 15, 15 years or so, where the first sort of part of that move to be more conscious about what, um, what we wear uh, was fit. Um, so I think if you look back, you know, to the mid 2000s, I think it would be unfair to say that men wore some pretty poorly fitting clothes, yeah. uh, you know, big suits and baggy shirts and, and things like that. And I think we went through a kind of an awakening, if you like, um, to men to say, actually, I can buy something that fits me. And that's where, you know, we as a business kind of capitalized on that. And we went from one traditional fit shirt and today we we have four different fit shirts and the the traditional fit shirt that we used to sell is our is our sort of um classic largest fit and we have three that are increasingly fitted um so i think men demanded better fitting clothes and and women have always been great at that and, and men hadn't so mm. we, we we sort of picked up that one i think we're now in another phase of that where you know, men now are more experimental, more happy to sort of express some of their personality through what they wear. Um, and they're not so restricted. So less and less workplaces are, you know, prescribing the navy suit, white shirt, black shoes and a tie uniform and saying, well, actually, you choose what you think is appropriate, which is great opportunity for people to express themselves in what they wear. But it also is very daunting and challenging when you get the dreaded, you know, business casual invite. Um, and you don't know whether that means right. jeans, trainers and a blazer or whether that means a pair of smart trousers, shoes and, a, you know, um, it, it's a bit of a minefield. So we now see that as our job. I mean, our purpose is to make it easy for men to dress well. So uh, if we're true to our purpose, we need to help guide people in this new, this new way of dressing. For those that are confident, We've got great quality products for you. For those that need a bit of guidance, we can help guide you in what you should be wearing uh, and then um, help you overcome that sort of anxiety, if you like. Well, I think that's always a big thing. And whether men or women is um, 
there's a balance between this is what I like and I feel good in. And then also understanding that in a, in most any business situation, you're going to be judged by how you, you dress. I don't care whether your company requires it. You're judged pretty quickly. We still do that, right? We do. Yep. That's exactly true. So what do you think the best advice you ever received, um, whether that's uh, here as CEO or, um, you know, in some of your past jobs, what would you think the best advice you ever received was? I think the best advice I've received, I've always held it with me, actually, and it, it's true in, in different industries as well, not just retail, is, you know, that clear eyed focus on who your customer is, understand them, get to know them, spend time with them, hear what they're saying to you. And then use that as the basis for what you deliver through product, through service, um, you know, through environment um, uh, and use that. But then also use that to say, well, I'm going to look a little bit further into the future and hopefully provide something that you don't yet realize you want. But to get ahead of that. So I think it's that. I mean, and it's one that it's a mantra that we have here as a business and one, you know, I, I constantly beat the drum on is. Let's understand our customer. Let's understand who they are, what they need and what they might need in the future so that we can adapt our business and product offering to serve them. Yeah, I think that's so important because it's so easy, I think, as retailers to either follow a trend or to say, oh, we can do anything. And then you find out, well, actually, no, our customers don't come to us for that. They come to us for something else. And Maybe we miss something and somebody else is always looking. I think that's the other thing that's uh, certainly has changed in retail is there are so much competition and the um, the way forward is is murky. You know, are we all going to be buying everything on a smartphone and having a, uh, you know, you're you're scanning yourself on a phone and then uh, buying something? It's not the way I want to buy something, but I know that some people, you know, think that's going to be it. Are we just going to go into a store and a magic mirror? Uh, tells us what it looks like. I mean, to me, a sale doesn't happen until somebody tries it on, though, right? I mean, whether it's in a store or at home, ultimately, that's the litmus test, isn't it? The, the, the best advert of your brand and the best, you know, testimonial for your brand is the customer wearing the product, you know, and, and then you, you and you live and die by that. If, if, if they enjoy wearing it and it's high quality and, and, and they're sort of happy with what they've got, then then you've won. Um, and, and that, so yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. I have, uh, one of my, uh, uh, one of my clients, she always asks, um, her, her, uh, customers, how does this make you feel? And I always think that's just a great way to think about it. When you put on a garment, how does it make you feel? Not, does it look good on me? How do you feel? To yeah. your point, some people put clothes on, they're super confident, but there's other people that are more timid and it's, it could be a little bit more like armor, right? I mean, it's, it's protecting you. It's, uh, it's giving you extra support somehow. I mean, when you, when you, when you feel comfortable and you look great, you know, the the self-confidence shines through, I think. Um, and, And we see that in, in the products that customers buy, they don't want, you know, they, they cut comfort, and style uh, go hand in hand, really. I mean, you don't want to be uh, looking great, but in a completely uncomfortable suit or pair of shoes or something. And equally, you don't want to be comfortable, but look, um, you know, <laughs> scruffy or like a slouch. Yeah, no, we've all been there with the yeah. shirt that's 
little too tight or the jacket that's just a little <laughs> bit off and it's uh, it's distracting i think it is it is well i want you to picture uh, i ask all of my podcast guests um you've got a friend of yours and they take you to lunch and they say hey um uh, i am uh thinking about giving up my day job luke and i'm i'm gonna open my own retail store so um can you give me any advice so what would you tell a friend who is looking to go into a into a brick and mortar store business? I would tell them, you know, get ready for a roller coaster. I think <laughs> would be the best advice. And that, and that, you know, uh, and that is like any roller coaster. There'll be times when it's exhilarating and fun, and there'll be times when you're absolutely petrified. But as long as you're, you know, you're the sort of person that's happy to embrace highs and lows, then then go for it. I mean, mm. it's such a dynamic industry it's such a constantly evolving changing um product customer you know routes to market uh, i mean it, it really is a uh intellectual emotional um uh, sometimes physical challenge yeah. um but you know if you're ready for that then dive in yeah i like that idea of the roller coaster that's good when when you feel overwhelmed or or maybe you lost your focus temporarily what do you do to, to get it back how do you deal I, with that i i always again come back to the customer i mean if you lose focus then the thing that grounds you and and sort of gets you back you know um center to what is important is are we serving the customer as best we can through our product, through our service, through our through our various channels? Uh, that helps, you know, that's your kind of North Star that guides you. Um, and then the other thing about it is at the end of the day, you know, life is is meant to be fun. It's meant to be interesting. And, uh, and as long as it's that, then, you know, you're in a good spot. Nice. So uh, the name of this podcast is Tell Me Something Good About Retail. Um, what could you tell me? What, tell me one thing. What's good about retail? The, good, the great thing about retail is we hopefully make people happy. You know, we kind of, that's our job. You know, we, we, you know, we uh, I think in most areas, we are selling things that people need that make their life um, better in some way or form. And that can be through any real product that you're selling it's helping people and and there's no you know there's a great feeling of when you've matched the right product to the customer and everyone walks away happy and that's a you know that's a that's a great aim yeah very true i like that i like that well tell me um how can they find out more about uh charles turret and uh your stores uh, so we have our, you know, we have our always on website, ctshirts.com. Um, so you can go on there and find out our full product range. And we have 13 stores spread across uh, mainly the east of America. Um, so if you're in either New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, Houston, Washington, you'll be near one of our stores. Uh, and I'd encourage uh, any customers that are in those areas to, to pop in and get the real Charles Tirrett experience. Uh, and meet some of our fantastic uh, team. Excellent. Well, that's a great way for us to end, and I appreciate your time today, Luke. Great. Thank you very much, Bob. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. That brings us to the close of another episode of Tell Me Something Good About Retail. I'm Bob Vibbs, your host, known as The Retail Doctor, based in the United States. Tune in next week when we have another set of movers, shakers, 
influencers, vendors, and brick and mortar retailers, all there to make you a smarter retailer.